Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio. In this podcast, I discuss everything Sea of Thieves, from lore to PvP, to even what fish you can catch for the hunter's call. Please sit back, relax, and join me on this adventure. back to another episode of Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 30. My name is Davram, and I hope you all are doing well, and I hope the seas are being very fortunate for you here as we enter in season two. Now, season two has been going on for about a week now um, when, this, uh, when this episode comes out, and uh I've played a little bit of the season, um, and I've got some thoughts on it, I guess. Of course I do. I always have thoughts on things. Um, and I, and I think a lot of things I talked about last episode about what I thought the season would mean when we discussed the podcast, the official Sea of Thieves podcast that's out. Um, I kind of hit on points of, it's going to be a lot of the same. It's it's not going to change a whole lot. I know a lot of folks, including myself, have put a lot of feedback out there, either on Twitter or in YouTube comments or on Reddit or or just general feedback through, through insiders or, or what have you. We've provided a lot of feedback, but as they stated on the podcast, it wasn't going to really impact season two because season two had already been... Um, just about completely done when season one was released. So they didn't really have a whole lot of wiggle room to make some significant changes in season two. And we wouldn't see those changes until season three or even season four later this year. Um, but I expected a little bit, right? I expected some tweaks or something and, um, I don't know. Let's just dive into it. And and what I want to start with is something that I've talked to several people on and something that's actually provided a lot of excitement um, into the community, but something that I think fell a little short. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, so let's talk about the positives and then let's go on why I feel it, it fell a little short or more so fell right in the line of how Rare has been developing this game for quite some time now. And that is the new, I'm going to put in the biggest air quotes I can, new fort event, the Fort of Fortune. Um, so this was the brand new thing. This was the new shiny thing that Rare had for the start of season two to kick it off with a bang. And I, so here's the deal. It is not a fort set up to be done quickly. And that's fine with me. I, you've heard me talk many times in previous episodes where I think they're, uh, in general, their events are too short. They're too easy. Um, I was very irritated to find out they were nerfing the Ashen Winds event. I thought the difficulty was absolutely fine. The longer event encouraged more people to come and, and engage. The, the longer event meant more people, more interesting interactions. May it be PV. Um, e and Alliance, or maybe it be PVP in contesting that, that event. And so though I felt that the loot needed to be increased substantially, um, 
I felt like the overall event difficulty was absolutely fine. And I think with Fort of Fortune, they hit some of those points in a positive way. And also they missed the boat um, on some of the, the items as well. So let's first talk about the loot. I'm going to go down through the loot that, that I noted down that I saw um, in the, in the vault. So we have two Athena kegs, um, some stronghold chests. We have one chest of legends or the Athena chest. We have multiple Athena trinkets, multiple stronghold skulls, um, multiple Athena villainous skulls, multiple Athena, whatever the ash ashes or the Athena ashes or the merchant Athena item, um, multiple, um, ashen wind skulls. Um, you can get up to three, I believe, um, you're guaranteed one, but I think you can get up to three with digs. Um, and a long list and a pile of, um, villainous skulls, the normal villainous skulls for order of souls. Um, and that's both between killing the captains, um, killing the three old fort bosses. Yes. You have to fight all three. Um, and then killing the ashen winds, um, boss at the end. If you haven't done it, I'm sorry that, that I just spoiled what the entire vent is. Um, but there you go. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you know, a week after season two launched and you haven't. Um, been able to see this event. Well, I, I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything. A week is plenty of time um, for you all to see it either on stream, on YouTube, or uh, or experience it yourself. Just my opinion. Um, but so that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff, and um, it's worth it, right? It's it's worth it to go after if you're someone who's not Athena twenty yet. Um, if, if, if you're someone who likes PVP and to steal things, this is a huge prize. This is bigger than the Fort of the Damned, right? Um, I, I believe in the end, um, if you get the right digs, uh, the total value in that vault is, is more than maybe not the Reaper's bounties are worth quite a bit at grade five Reaper. I, I would have to do the math, but you get more stuff out of the, the Fort of Fortune, but I'm not sure if the value still adds up uh, to Fort of the Damned because I believe with Fort of the Damned, if you get all red gems and two Reaper bounties and your grade five Reaper, you bring in, what, 300K uh, with that turn in if you save all the mega kegs. And I don't believe Fort of Fortune um, adds up to that, namely because you don't get the mermaid gems, you don't get the Reaper bounty, uh, and quite frankly, the, even though it's, it's one of the most prized steel items out there, the Athena chest really is not th worth that much. Yeah. It's a nice chunk of change, but in terms of if you're a grade five Athena with that chest versus a grade five Reaper with a Reaper bounty, the Reaper bounty is, is hands down more valuable than the Athena chest. So, uh, there you go. So it's a lot of loot. Now here is the kicker to all that loot. You don't get collector's chests. Right. So in the Fort of the Damned, you get one collector's chest in normal forts. You get a collector's chest, I believe, if not two, um, and then an un and then an ashen chest and a key. So you can have two collector's chests there. If you do a normal fort, you'd have one collector's chest if you did a Fort of the Damned. And so it's easy to, to transport those trinkets back and forth. The Fort of Fortune gives you no collector's chest, zero, no collector's chest in that vault whatsoever. And so therefore you have to manually move all that stuff. And one thing that I've seen is feedback in, and, and yes, it is, it is kind of a, you know, you've got all this loot. If you want it, then start moving it, you know, move your butt, start doing some work. 
But a lot of people have complained it it's almost too much work to care about a lot of the stuff, right? Because you get a lot of trinkets, a lot of Athena trinkets, um, the little butt plugs, the chalices, the uh, the skulls. You get a lot of trinkets. You get a lot of villainous skulls as well, as long as, uh, or along with uh, strongholds skulls. There's a lot of trinkets to to carry around without a collector's chest. Um, so that that is one thing that that feedback has come in is we feel that there's just too much stuff to to really deal with it, right? We want to come in, we want to get the big items and honestly leave the little items behind, which I, I don't know. I'm not a person that ever leaves loot behind, right? Even if it's one of the little cheap little gold trinkets or silver trinkets or brawn coffers that mean absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of gold, I still get it. Why? Because I'm a pirate and I, I like to have lots of loot. So I, I'm not someone who leaves anything behind. Um, but for, for many players, especially with how contested this fort is, I can see, get the big items, get out, move on. On top of those items that I've listed, you also get eight digs. If you claim all of the, the skeleton orders and things off the, the captains and the, the bosses, you will get eight digs at the fort. That's a lot of digs. Um, they can be ashen wind skulls. Um, they can be rag and bone crates. Uh, they can be kegs. It's a variety of different loot that you could get, but eight digs on top of the already long list of loot that you're going to get. The beautiful thing about this Fort of Fortune is it is encouraging, interesting, and interactive player interactions, right? It's, it's, it's encouraging it. That sound that you hear when it spawns makes everyone turn their head. It makes a probably majority of the players in the server start heading for that skull. And I have watched on streams and YouTubes and experienced myself when you are pulling up to that fort. If you're the first one there, you better start looking around because there are other ships coming. There are rowboats coming there. Everyone is most likely coming after you. Maybe not everyone on the server, but a good portion of people are coming after you. Um, especially since because of how they tweaked it, it is relatively rare. Um, from information that I've talked to other people on, it's, it's an average of one per every six hours, right? So you're looking at about on average, if you stayed on a server for a 24 hour period and you were killing world events, you would see, um, four of them in 24 hours. Now that's, base that that's the average right um i was on a server earlier today where they kill the 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 crew brought one down and immediately the next event was a fort of fortune so again we're talking about you know rolling the dice right it's still a randomizer right it's still a randomizer so there is that very rare chance that one can spawn back to back um which was a cool thing to see um but i'll tell you what in general, these are very contested forts. There's a lot of loot in there and, you know, it brings in the PVPers, it brings in the PVEers. There's alliances that form, there's alliances that are getting betrayed. In this first week of season two, the amount of interesting player interaction has, in my opinion, jumped up significantly from the, the, the previous events. Now, one other piece of feedback along with the collector's chests that, um, that people have been talking about is in fact, the length of time that it takes to, uh, to, to beat this fort. Um, I've been watching some, um, some sloop streamers 
And the sloop streamers have been um, really, you know, they're good players. They can usually get it down in 30 or 40 minutes with a duo sloop. That's a decent amount of time, right? That's, that's a long time for it to be up. That's a long time for you to be watching your back. Obviously with a brig adding another, uh, another, um, crew member speeds it up a little bit more. A galleon can knock it down in a decent amount of time. Um, but on a four player galleon of decent players, I would anticipate the entire event taking about as long as the Fort of the damned. So that is probably, you know, a bad crew can get four to the, I will say a medium skilled crew can get four to the damned done in 30 minutes. Um, so I would say a highly skilled galleon who can do four to the damned in about 15 to 20 minutes could probably get four to fortune done in about the same amount of time. Um, it just, it's just how that is. Now, what I've noticed in the past couple of days, along with other bugs that we'll talk about here in a little bit, that season two is full of, um, that is the Ashen Winds boss. The first couple of days, the Ashen Winds boss was fine going through all three phases. The Ashen Winds boss in the past couple of days, from what I've observed, is not hitting phase two or phase three. In fact, it's getting to phase one. And when it, it crunches down with its heart open um, for you to like do the damage to, to knock it into the next phase, as soon as you knock it to phase two, it dies. Uh, I don't know if that's a bug. I don't know what happened, but I've seen that a lot in streams on YouTube videos. And even in my own play sessions, that there is something bugged with the Ashen Winds boss every so often, where instead of going into phase two, it actually dies, which speeds up the entire event because you know, you're, you're fighting a full fort. Um, you're fighting all three original fort bosses and you're fighting a full Ashen Winds event um, all in one location. So, you know, that, that that adds up the time, but, you know, killing the Ashen Wind boss after phase one is is pretty nice. So, again, I, I'm guessing, I'm 100% sure that's a bug. There's no way that the way this fort was originally launched that this is not a bug. And like I said, season two has had a plethora of bugs and a few of them we'll talk about in this episode. But I want to talk a little bit more about Fort of Fortune and why I found it um, very disappointing. Um, one thing that I talk about a lot to to friends of mine, um, you know, uh, a co-podcast peer of mine, Captain Logan, is the what I call the cold, stale leftovers um, is, is the way Rare develops things. They reuse things, right? We saw in season one the reuse of the fishing event. We saw the reuse of the um, Gold Hoarder Vault Patch. Um, you know, we've seen the reuse of the the Christmas event in basically identical. We've seen the reuse of the Festival of, of the Damned event. Basically verbatim, we see them come out with these events and hype them up, but then we realize this is the exact same thing that happened a year ago, or this is the exact same thing that happened a couple months ago. And we're just doing the exact same thing again. And it's nothing new and exciting. And Sea of Thieves even admitted they've been doing a bad job at these live events, not the world events, not the Fort of the Fortune, not of not the, the Flame Hearts, not that kind of stuff, but the actual live events that are time limited. They, are, they even admitted they are doing a horrible job at making these interesting and fun and new. And that is something they're going to be working on in season three and more so season four. So I'm anxious to see what they do there. But Fort of Fortune, to me, was another example of this bad leftovers. Now, is it working? Yes, because of the amount of loot they, like, stuffed into that, that vault. It, that amount of loot will always generate PvP. That amount of loot will always generate boats to go there for alliances and betrayals and everything else. 
that amount of loot will generate players to 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 con- congregate into one location. However, it's still the same thing. Okay, we took a piece of old moldy pizza, skeleton forts, and we took a piece of slightly less moldy but still cold pizza, ashen winds, which we've been doing for months, and we slapped them on top of each other and said, hey, this is a gourmet, new, beautiful, tasty, delicious meal. No, it's a piece of old, stale, rotten pizza with a piece of cold, slightly moldy pizza slapped on top of it. Okay, it's not new. It's not It's not delicious. It doesn't taste good. It doesn't smell good. It doesn't feel good. It's just the same stuff that Rare has been doing, and they're just layering it on top of each other, hyping it up. Oh, this big fort! To be honest, if they did this and they had the same rel- relatively the same loot as as um, a regular fort, maybe stepped it up a little bit, it would it, like ooh okay whatever, like w- people wouldn't congregate to it. It's because there's an Athena chest in there, and it's because there's a whole shit ton of loot in there. That is why people are congregating to it. It's not because of the event. It's because of the amount of loot, right? And and that is that is good design there because ultimately the design of the actual fort was awful. It's not a new island. It's existing forts. Um, there's no like defense against just cannoning the bosses down, right? There, there's nothing new about this except it's a piece of old moldy pizza with a piece of slightly less moldy pizza on top of it and said, here you go. You know, this is your new filet mignon. It's hot. It's sizzly. It's tasty. No, it's not. It's crap. It's cold. It's disgusting. It's stale. Um, and it's the same thing that, that rare has been giving us time after time after time with these new events. They're just re-gifting something that they've gifted us, you know, at the beginning when, when skeleton forts first came out, when ash and winds first came out, they're just re-gifting it to us. They're presenting it in a new way, but it's the exact same thing. And it flows in the exact same way. You have a variety of, of different types of skeletons. You have a captain's wave. You have one single fort boss. Then, ooh, let's step it up. You got two fort bosses at the same time. Okay, that's just annoying because they can blunder you without you realizing that they have their blunder out. And then there's an Ashen Winds event. It's the same thing we've seen now for a year. It's the same thing some players have seen with skeleton forts for multiple years. Now, for those of you who still need, like myself who still need to get the kills on the Duchess and the two-headed scoundrel and, and the, 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 the helm, the mutinous helmsman, this is great. Cause you get to kill all three in the exact same event. So it's great for accommodations, but as far as new and interesting content, it sucks. As far as interesting player interaction, encouraging PVP, it's, it's awesome, right? They, they put enough loot in it that it's awesome. Now, with that being said, I haven't got to do a regular fort yet. So I, I know they talked about upping the regular fort loot, but from what I've seen, um, you know, anywhere from server hoppers to, to players just doing their normal thing, uh, regular skeleton forts now are basically just dead. Like it doesn't seem like anyone cares about regular skeleton forts anymore. And of course, when you've got a fort of fortune that, you know, you can server hop for or whatever, even though, again, I don't encourage server hopping and I do not server hop whatsoever when I play. If it comes up, it comes up. I don't server hop for it. Why? Because again, server hopping is bad 
for the um, for the servers themselves, the server stability for server performance for keeping dead servers alive. It, it's bad for that. R again, it, it's not. There's no way that Rare stops you from doing it. In fact, many of their partnered streamers do it all the time. So it's not something that they're going to stop you from doing. Um, they've they've clearly made it very apparent that they're not going to do anything about it. But it does hurt their servers. They have, you know, outwardly said that that activity does keep dead servers alive and hurts their servers. But they're not doing anything about it. So fuck it, do it. But anyways, so they stock so much loot in there that it's it, players are going to go to it, right? Players are going to do it, which means PVPers and Tuckers and everyone else is going to go to it. So they didn't create a new event that's exciting. They could have done the exact same thing with regular forts and just chucked a whole bunch more loot in the vault and it would have accomplished the exact same thing. The actual event itself, we're not talking about the loot now, I'm talking about the actual Fort of Fortune from the time you, you land your boat there and, and start to fight your first skeleton till the time you kill whatever Lash and Lord there. That event, not the loot, that event is stale, lame, and crap. That is crap, okay? The loot is awesome, and the loot is what's driving the player interaction, not the event itself. In fact, a lot of times, if you're going to steal one, for example, if I see it pop up, you know, I will do voyages and stuff around the area, and I will wait until I see that skull cloud disappear when I see a, a, a ship there, and then I will go over there, and I will steal it. I have no interest in fighting through Again, unless I really want to to get my accommodations done, I have no interest in going over there and spending time fighting and defending and fighting and defending. I'm going to go over there and interject myself near the end so I don't have to wait through the horrible, boring TV show rerun of, of Skeleton Fort plus Ashen Winds. I'm not going to sit there through that. I'm going to wait until someone else finishes it, and then I'm going to go insert myself and have an interesting player interaction when I sink their boat and steal all their crap. That is what I am going to do. But I think that because of the amount of loot that's there, I think that this fort will do good things for maintaining their player base. Coming out of season one, um, Sea of Thieves yet again went into two months straight of really siphoning off players. And I understand what they say when they talk about you know, every single time you see Joe Neat on camera or you see any of those guys on camera, they talk about how great the player base is and how big the player base is. And it's the most players we've ever had. It's just not true. Um, and I've proved time and again that it's just not true. Okay. Though we can't see the Xbox numbers, we can see the Steam numbers. And it's it's just simple, right? They had a 62% increase in January. That was the start of season one. They had a 30% decrease in players on Steam on February. They had another 30% decrease in March. They are siphoning players because their season, in all honesty, as I said in season one, it was a good start, but it sucked. It was too quick. People finished season one in under 24 hours. People finished season two in under 12 hours. In fact, there were people who finished it in less than six hours. That is not content that lasts six months or three months, right? For some players, it might last three months, but for the majority of your players, it doesn't, it doesn't last three months. It speaks to the numbers. A third of your players left your game in February of 2021 because they were done with season one. They, they didn't care anymore. Your events didn't bring them back. 
your, your season did not keep them. Why? Because they finished it. And they lost another third of their player base on Steam in March of 2021. Because players that were a little slower on the season finished the season, and there was nothing keeping them going. Now, what did we see when Season 2 launched? We saw a 52% increase. 5,000 players, um, average player gain, um, right, in um, the beginning of, of this month when the season launched. Well, I guess it was mid-month when the season launched. We saw a massive increase in players in the past 30 days because of Season 2. Now, my question is, with no chains whatsoever in season progression, it is still fast, it is still quick, and in fact, it feels now that people have a good idea of how to grind through the season, they took that less than 24 hours down to, players took it down to less than six hours because they know the efficiency. That's what Sea of Thieves veteran players and, and, and hardcore players do. They find the most efficient way of doing things. That's just how we're programmed, right? The huge community that I'm part of, the cutthroats, everything we do is about efficiency. How can we get something accomplished the most efficient way possible? Players have now discovered how to efficiently grind through the season. And since there's no post 100 award rewards, there's no reason for them to stay. And again, I think this was a huge mistake going into season two that they didn't add anything. Now there shouldn't have been any, any hardships in coding that, you know, even a couple weeks before launch, you just tack on another a hundred levels, another 300 levels, an infinite number of levels that every five levels you get some coins or you get some doubloons or you get some ancient, uh, uh, uh coins, you know, every five levels you get, I don't know, 5,000 gold. Every 10 levels you get 5,000 gold and 500 doubloons. Every 15 levels you get 5,000 gold, 500 doubloons and a hundred ancient coins. And you let that go on forever. And that will keep players, at least some of them, it's not going to keep all of them because some players don't care about those currencies, but it'll keep some players continually playing so they can unlock things like the Dark Adventurer stuff. It'll keep players playing so they can get more doubloons so whenever the doubloon dump comes. You know, it'll keep some players playing because they want to grind out ancient coins so they can pay for things in the Emporium. Now again, that takes money away from Rare, and of course they don't want to do that, but it's a way to keep players in your game, and that is what you've struggled with since you launched on Steam. You have struggled with that mightily since you've launched on Steam. It wasn't until Season 1 that you came even close. And when I say close, you were 14,000 peak players away from your Steam launch. At the beginning of Season 1, you were 8,000 average players down from your Steam launch. Now at the beginning of Season 2, you're 20,000 players peak down from your Steam launch. You are... Um, let's see here, four, five, six, 6,000 players down from your season one. You're losing players from season one to season two, 8,000 or 6,000 players down from the launch of season uh, one. You should hit season one numbers or more, right? Season three should hit season two numbers and more. That's called growing, not dying. Right now, the player base is dying. Average players down. 5,000 season, um, season two versus season one, right? 
So, so that's the thing. Like they didn't change anything between season two and season one. And it gave, and they gave us a lame ass piece of pizza sandwich. That's moldy and rotten. That's just chock full of loot. And that's what they hoped would, would bring a whole bunch of players. It didn't. And to be honest, the plunder pass sucks this time. It absolutely sucks. If you pay the, if you pay the 10 bucks for it, you're not getting anything new. Right? There's a couple things that you're going to get. But what we learned in season one is that everything comes to the Emporium basically anyways, except for, a, you know, the title, the sale, something like that. Everything else is coming to the Emporium. There's no new weapon set. There's a cool figurehead. All right? There's a cool figurehead. And there's a cool set of sales. But everything else is just old, reused Emporium stuff. At least last, uh, at least season one, we got a whole brand new weapon set that we got before everyone else. But they really just, I think, doubled down and, and season two sucks compared to season one. There was, there was no notable change and the rewards you get out of the season, quite frankly, blow ass. So it, it's, it's very disappointing because I love this game and I thought season one was a good start. It got some excitement back into the game, and then they just punted in season two. It's like, oh, we created this amazing thing in season one. We'll just repeat it in season two and give them this new reused piece of crap fort, and players will come. No, sorry, that's not how your player base works. We've told you that many, many times before, Rare, that we need new stuff, not reused crap. We don't want you to do the same thing over and over again. Aside from a couple trials, season two's progression is exactly the same. And that is lame. And that rhymed. You're welcome. So right now, season one um, out of 10, I gave um, a six, I believe, was my rating. I thought it was a good start. Um, I thought they missed the ball on a lot of things. Um, so I, I gave it a six out of 10. I would say right now, season two's launch based on the player statistics, based on the shitty new fort that we got. Um, I would say, uh, season two, I would give it right now a three out of 10. Um, it was, it's, it's the same as season one. So that automatically makes you lose points. The fort of fortune, though it's creating interesting interactions, it's ultimately the same stuff we've been doing for a while. There's nothing new. There's nothing exciting. And quite frankly, the plunder pass is a complete waste of your money. So don't buy it. In my opinion, you can get those things off the Emporium anytime you want. It's, it's, it's a big waste. Um, I, I actually wrote down a quote that I used the other day. I said, rare dev is like onions. It has lots of layers. The, the problem is all those layers are rotten leftovers and they're just stacked on each other. You know, ogres are like onions, you, you, you know, Shrek, everyone loves Shrek. Everyone loves Shrek. Um, but let's move away from Fort of Fortune a little bit, um, a little bit, uh, away from season two, as far as my overall, um, my overall rating for it so far weekend, again, three out of 10 right now, they're really going to have to wow me, um, going into month two, month three. And I don't think they're going to maybe season three, I'll have hope for, um, to, to get a higher than season one rating. Uh, but right now it, it's just impossible. Um, if you are an Amazon Prime member. If you are an Amazon Prime member, make sure you go over to twitch.tv. Any any channel you want, just go into Twitch. Have a Twitch account. Make sure you link your Amazon Prime account there to get Twitch Prime. Um, I'm not going to give you a spiel about uh, a subbing to me because, well, I don't stream on Twitch anymore. I stream on YouTube, so it doesn't really matter. If you want to give me your 
Prime sub, you can Davram on on Twitch, but you don't have to because you're not ever going to see my content there, anyways. But uh, Twitch Prime does uh, Twitch gaming, not drops, not Twitch drops. Um, it gives away content, gives away games, it gives away cosmetics, etc. Inside of the Twitch platform itself. Um, at the top of your your when you log into Twitch on a computer browser, you will see Prime Loot at the top. It's in the upper uh, right corner on a computer screen. You'll see your login. You'll see Get Bits. You'll see your whispers, your notifications, and you'll see a crown in the upper right corner. And it says uh, Prime Loot. And if you click on that, there's a variety of games that is 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 always there giving away stuff. League of Legends, Rainbow Six, Grand Theft Auto Online. World of Tanks, Apex Legends, they're all there, but now we have Sea of Thieves. And Sea of Thieves has a series you can see that they, if you go there, you can see a long calendar event uh, um, of, of giveaways, right? And you have time to get in there and, um, and unlock things. It's 12 packs of pirate ship cosmetics, emotes, in-game uh, currency, all for um, Prime members. And this month, right now, is the um, Night Wolf sales pack. So if you go um, on to Twitch um, and you click on the Prime Gaming uh, button at the top, you link your Amazon and Twitch, and you link your Sea of Thieves account, you can claim for free a uh, an item from the Emporium. You can get the Night Wolf sales pack. Now, the next uh, time an item is going to be given out is May 3rd. Uh, and then the 17th, 31st, uh, June 14th, 28th, 12th um, of July, the July 26th, August 9th, 23rd, September 6th, and September 20th. Um, so basically, uh, it, it feels like just about, you know, every other week or every week um, in the coming months, you can get things. So you'll be able to have uh, an option to get uh, 12 items, most likely from the Emporium, most likely things. Uh, that we've seen before, but I'll tell you what, I've got my fingers crossed that I can finally get my Ebon Flintlock, uh, which is one of three of the obsidian items that I don't have. I'm hoping for the banjo and I'm hoping for the fishing pole. I think I'm going to be completely disappointed as I think they're going to reuse a lot of the Emporium stuff here, but you know, you can hope. I can hope. It's the last three obsidian items that I need, and well, I just don't think I'm going to see them anytime soon. I would like to have the complete set done, but I don't see it happening. But anyways, Amazon Prime members, make sure you go over to twitch.tv in the upper right corner, click the crown, make sure you link your Sea of Thieves account, the proper Sea of Thieves account. If you've done Twitch drops before, it's already linked. Make sure you link your Amazon uh, Prime account. And start claiming your free Sea of Thieves loot. Again, 12 packs of ship cosmetics emotes and in-game currency over the next couple months. Uh, check it out. I believe it's actually, um, it'll it'll go pretty much through September. So we're talking at least into season three um, there. So yeah, definitely go check it out. <coughs> Excuse me. Um... So a few things that I, I want to talk about um, as far as bugs in, in this particular um, uh, season, it's, it, it was it was chock full of bugs, 100% chock full of bugs. Um, there's a lot of ADS bugs going on right now. A lot of ADS bugs where your character will ADS without you clicking the button. Uh, if you click the button to ADS, it'll just go 
and it'll keep ADSing and, you know, instead of holding it, it'll just go, right? Really annoying. Um, so that ADS bug, um, I, I've noticed it quite a bit. I've noticed it quite a bit on some of the servers that aren't so stable anymore. Um, you know, servers that may have been up for a long time or, or something like that. But I, I've noticed that and a lot of people have complained about it. Um, I know this bug has been here in the past, but it, it, it's really coming out in vengeance right now in, uh, in season two. Um, if invisible, bug, visible emote bug. So if you do some sort of an emote, like the barrel tuck, uh, the barrel hide that you get at level 13 in the season pass, what happens is a few seconds after you do that, that emote, your character just disappears. Your character disappears for yourself. If you're in emote, your character's gone, completely disappears for enemies and completely disappears for your, your own crew until you die and come back from the ferry. This is really crappy. Um, and, and I feel bad for anyone at rare right now because they're going to get a lot of support tickets from players thinking people are hacking because this player completely disappears, which means he can still fight you or she can still fight you. He can, he or she can still kill you and you can't see where the sword's coming from. You can't see where the bullet's coming from. It's com coming from a completely invisible character model. And it really looks like hacking. Um, but it's, it's 100% of bug. I've, I've seen it. There is no way to trigger it. Um, you just do some sort of emote, um, and you disappear, um, which is really, really bad. Obviously a PVP game characters who are disappearing because of the game's programming is really bad. Uh, so I feel bad for anyone working at rare right now that works the customer support line, who works the Reddit, who works the Twitter, whoever works anywhere that deals with customer support tickets because you're going to be getting a lot of tickets um, from players saying that other players are hacking, but it's really just this invisibility bug uh, from emotes. It honestly sucks, and there's there's nothing there's nothing the player who's invisible can do about it. They're just they're just playing. Um, it is what it is. Um, there's also been some exploits that have been going on for some time. I haven't talked about them on the podcast, but everyone kind of knows about them. Um, and at least one of them needs to stop. Um, so one of the exploits is the fast bucket, right? You can fast bucket, you can fast shovel, you can fast, uh, reload. When I say fast reload, you just cancel out, uh, like a quick moment of the reload animation but it gives you a little bit of an advantage. These are all things that are basic programming changes that Rare could make, but they they don't do it. Um, and and it is an exploit. Rare has said that the the fast bucket is an exploit, but they haven't fixed it. Right? They haven't done anything about it. They have, from what I understand, asked their partner streamers not to do it. Um, you can still see that many of them do it. Why? Because it gives you a competitive advantage in PvP. Being able to quickly bucket and chuck the water, it keeps your boat afloat when it shouldn't be floating because if you had that full second in there, you wouldn't be afloat. Um, so it is a competitive advantage. Uh, several of the partnered streamers um, have said on stream that the reason they are not speed bucketing anymore is because they have been asked by Rare not to show off an exploit in the game. Others, well, they just keep doing it because it's a feature in the game and until it's fixed, they're going to do it. Same thing with the fast shovel. Uh, the fast shovel is, is the exact same mechanic of the fast bucket. 
It doesn't really give you a competitive advantage in combat or, or, or anything like that. Uh, but it does allow you to dig faster than other folks. Um, maybe makes a change in arena or something like that. You can get chests up a little bit quicker than others. But ultimately, it, it doesn't do a whole lot. But it's tied to the exact same thing, just like the quick reload um, in guns. And when I say quick reload, don't think that it is... Um, it, it, it basically instantaneously loads your gun. That's not true at all. It just cancels out a brief... Um, split second of the reload animation, which means you reload your gun faster than someone who is not doing it by a split second, which again could be the difference between killing them or them killing you. So it does give a competitive advantage. Again, um, from what I understand and from what I've observed, Rare has asked that their partnered streamers, partnered content creators don't do this anymore. But again, when your content is based, is based around being better than everyone else and, and making YouTube videos of you crapping on people, you're going to do whatever gives you the competitive advantage over someone else. That's just how it is. So rare, my advice is don't sit there and beg and plead your competitive content creators to do it. Actually fix your damn game because there are a lot of issues in it that you still haven't fixed many of them. Um, and that's just how it is. So stop asking and just do your job. That's my opinion on that. The other exploit that needs um, a fix because it is it is completely disingenuine um, and breaking the system um, completely is the silent emissary, a lot of times referred to as the silent reaper. <clears throat> Obviously, the reaper uh, emissary marks you on the map, which means people can see you coming. The idea of a silent uh, emissary is that um, you put uh, what two vo like if you're in a galleon, you put two votes into the reaper table. Um, and you only need, you, you need three out of four on a galleon, right? If you're on a sloop, you need two votes on a brig. You need two out of three. So you, you get right up to just one vote more needed in order to kick that emissary off. You go do your business. You go blow up ships. You go knock people down. And before you touch the loot, that player who is that deciding vote logs out the Reaper or the Order of Souls or whatever the emissary is goes up because the votes are still on the table. And then that player logs back in and then you can grade up your Reaper flag or you can grade up whatever you want. It's a complete bullshit exploit. Um, 100%. The emissaries are meant to be raised and lowered at an outpost, not glitched or exploited and raised out at sea, right? That They're not meant to be raised out at sea. That's not how the system was built. Unfortunately, the way that Rare has it built in where you can put the daggers in the table before you leave the outpost has now created the system of silent emissaries where people can go up, go, go out, specifically reapers who get the advantage on this, sneak up on someone, dumpster them, raise the emissary and get full value in that emissary of the, the, the spoiled loot on the ground from the flags to the chest to the trinkets, everything they can get just by, you know, doing that pre-vote, but not officially putting it up. So you are getting all the reward for having an emissary up, but you're taking none of the risks of having the emissary up. It is really bad. It's been going on for quite some time now. And now with these new events and the ledger system has been updated with the new prizes, which again, congratulations, Rare. I'm glad you finally fixed that and finally did what you said you were going to do a year ago. I'm glad you finally got around off your lazy asses and actually did it because we've been waiting for a ledger change for a year. 
right? You you brought this system out. You told us how it was going to go. You told us that the rewards were going to change. And we've waited a year for these damn rewards to change. And we haven't seen them change. So thanks for not being lazy anymore. But, you know, way to, to sit on your ass for a year on that. But, but now that, that we have the ledger system, this silent reaper or these silent, uh, um, emissaries are going to become more prevalent. I've seen it just about every single day that I've been out there on the seas and, and watching on, on YouTube and watching on, on Twitch. It happens constantly. The silent emissaries, you go out there with no risk to yourself, aside from losing your boat. Um, you go out there with no risk whatsoever you sink someone and then you get all the reward. And that is not how the emissary system is built. That is not how it was designed. And that is not how it should work. But because again, shortcoming sight from the rare design leadership team, we now have this exploited system. And it seems like rare is allowing more and more of these exploits to happen and continue on for a long time. Sword charging the way it is nowadays, complete exploit back in the day. Sword charging was never meant to be a, a mode of transportation as it is now, um, but it's an exploit and now it's part of the game. Will these other exploits remain part of the game? I have no idea, but I can tell you right now, they're bad. They're bad for the game because it is an exploit that's giving competitive advantage to players who know them and not keeping it fair and even, right? If everyone had to bucket at the same time, fair and even. If everyone had to reload at the same time, fair and even. If everyone had to dig at the same time, fair and even. If everyone had to raise an emissary or lower their emissary, lowering doesn't exactly happen the same way. It can, but, or raise or lower an emissary in the same way, you, you can, right? You, you can do that. You can lower a reaper emissary the exact same way you raised it. You can silent lower it. If you raise the emissary up, right, silently, and then you fire a couple people off to an outpost and you put your, like, on a, on a galleon, you put three daggers in, one person stays on the boat. If they log out, it drops because the votes are in the table. That's just how it goes. It's a bad system. It's a bad exploit. And it's happening all the time. And it's not good for the game. And Rare really needs to open their eyes and start thinking about these quality of life updates that they that they say they're going to bring out every single month. And again, like I said when we talked about Season 1, I have yet to see a, a, a good quality of life update come out in season uh, since Season's launch. It's supposed to be three months worth of content with three quality of life updates in between. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what they told us it would be. But again, again, then again, a year ago, they explained the emissary system and they didn't feel, fulfill on that. So is it going to take another year before they actually get their development cycles together and actually do seasons the way they said they were going to do seasons? I don't know. I don't know if the game will last another, uh, another year if they can't get their shit straight. I mean, hit registration. Le oh, I'm sorry. We discussed last episode. It's not called hit registration anymore. <clears throat> sea of Thieves weapon historical accuracy is is horrible right now is horrible weapon historical accuracy is bad right now for those of you who didn't watch or listen to last episode shame on you but we don't call it hit registration anymore we don't call it hit reg anymore it is weapon historical accuracy right these weapons were not accurate back in the day they're clearly not accurate in the game so 
weapon historical accuracy. It's bad right now. It is bad. I shot a keg today three times and it didn't blow up. Three times I shot a keg. I saw the bullet pierce the center of the keg three times. I got hit markers on it three times and it didn't blow up. It didn't blow up. I watched a cannonball go through the mouth of a shark, like a, a Meg, no hit markers. I watched a cannonball go through the center of a Kraken tentacle, no hit markers. I saw a sniper bullet pierce the head of another pirate twice without him eating. No death. It's bad. Weapon historical accuracy in Sea of Thieves right now is in a very bad spot. And as a person who bashed the hell out of that months ago and said that they felt, me, I said this, I felt like it was improving. I have to eat my words now. Because it fucking sucks. And I apologize that I try not to say the F-bomb on this, but it fucking sucks. And if you're a PvP player right now, I'm sorry. Your life fucking sucks. Because there are times where you lose fights because your cannons don't register. Your chain shots don't register. Your bullets don't register. But by God, the sword, it registers from about 80 feet away. It will register. It will register. The last thing I want to touch on real quick, um, and that is the new um, merchant stuff. I want to touch on this real quick because I, I had a nice long play session the other day. Um, where I sailed around for about four hours doing um, the merchant um, the merchant delivery stuff, the privateering, if you will. You pick it up from one um, outpost, you sail around, you drop it off at another outpost. There is a great um, resource on Rare Thief. Uh, their map actually tells you what each outpost has in surplus and what each outpost has uh, the need for. So use that map in order to get your accommodations done in order to maximize profit. What I can tell you, I was making about four or I, I was making about a million gold per hour and I played for about four hours. I made about four million gold in four hours. It is super simple. You just sail around, you know, put up an Athena voyage, put up a gold order voyage, whatever you need miles for, start at whatever outpost you're at and start sailing around. But guess what? In typical rare fashion, they institute something new and they have a bug slash exploit with it. And I'm going to quite frankly, just tell you how to do it right now. If you have your crew members and you walk up to your first outpost and you talk to the merchant person, both players click on the first item, which I believe is gemstones. You click on it and prepare to purchase it. One of your two players starts counting down three, two, one, buy. Both people push yes when you say buy, and it both triggers a purchase. Then both players have a claiming option for that particular item. You do another countdown. Three, two, one, claim. Both players hit the claim button at that point, and both players get a set of gemstones. You can do this with a brig and get three items. You can do this with a galleon and get four items. And you can break the shit out of this system and make a lot more gold than a million an hour if you break it. Now, what I will tell you is 
the longer the server is on, so the the longer the age of the server, the less time you have this before eventually these outposts will bug out. These outposts will eventually bug out. And if you have multiple people in different time zones with altering pings, sometimes one player doesn't get the claim or the buy and you, you know, they still use their money, but they don't get the claim and the buy. And then your next pass around, they'll actually get the claim then. So it will eventually bug out on the server, but then just switch servers, right? Um, if you want to do that, but I can tell you right now, it's completely exploitable. You're probably not supposed to exploit it. I don't really care. I mean, obviously rare isn't too concerned about their exploits because they haven't damn fixed them for now. And they're begging their content creators not to show them off on stream. Well, guess what? Fix your damn game. And we won't talk about the exploits, but there you go. If you want to make a whole bunch of money, get some friends together who like to just sail around and get miles for their accommodations, get miles for their season pass and make a shit ton of gold. There you go. There you go. And if you find another friend on the seas, both of you sail together and at the outpost, switch your, switch your, uh, commodities, and then you get the stealing credit as well. Is it how it was supposed to be? No, you're supposed to reap and, and all that fun stuff. But you know what? I'm at a point now where I'm going to give you guys the pro tips out there and you guys can go and, and do it, do it on your own. There hasn't been anything released from rare on Twitter or anything like that, which says you can't do this. Um, I'm sure if it is a bug, it is going to be fixed at some point. So get in there and get all your juicy, juicy gold and accommodations in now while it is still broken. When the emissaries first came out, the Athena emissary was broken as shit. Guess what? I did a whole bunch of Thieves Haven, more Thieves Haven than I ever want to do in my life again, just to, just to raise my emissary value and stuff like that and get a lot of emissary stuff done. I don't regret it. Why? Because Rare failed to put out a piece of solid software that doesn't have bugs. And you know what? Until the bug's fixed, I'm going to keep using it. Until they say that it's against the rules to do what I'm doing, I'm going to keep doing it. And that's just how it is. The second thing that they instituted here, and I've got some mixed feelings about it. I, I, I like it and I hate it at the same time. And that is the ability for you as a player to buy supplies. You can buy cannonballs. You can buy a crate of bananas. You can buy a wood crate and you can buy a storage crate. So a few things um, that I like about this, it allows new players to get sailing faster, right? The, obviously, if you're a veteran player, you know how to supply up a ship quick. You know how to hit different islands on your way to something and, and supply up quick. New players don't know that right? This is a way for them to quickly get supplies and get on their adventure. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a bad idea that it, because it encouraged server hopping. Now you can hop and hop and hop and hop and hop and hop and hop. And the one thing that puts you at a disadvantage hopping than someone else who had been on that server for a while is supplies. You now have the ability to buy a box of food, a box of wood, and a box of cannonballs, and basically be well on your way. Will you have the same amount of supplies as the other person? No, but you also won't have the shitty starting supplies and have to go through and supply up on islands. Where I think they made a huge mistake was the cost. It is too expensive, especially the supply crate at 17,000. It is too expensive for new players, even though gold is really easy to get, don't get me wrong, but brand new players struggle, right? 
they're they're doing low end gold hoarder. They're getting maybe a, a thousand or two or whatever. You know, it's it's tough for them. Remember back to when you were a new player, how precious each and every gold that you got was as you're trying to buy your Kraken and crab outfits. Y'all did it. No one, no one out there lie to me. You all bought the Kraken and crab outfits first. Everyone does it. It's just how it is, right? Just how it is. But every gold was precious because you wanted to complete that weapon set. You wanted to complete that, that boat skin set. You wanted to complete your pirate outfit. You wanted to look cool out there, even though you're wearing Kraken and crab and you don't look cool at all, but you thought you did. And that's, what's important. I think the costs are too high, especially the storage crate. I think what they should have done is they had a prime opportunity here to do two things. One, again, hurt server hoppers, which the notes originally did. And then they kind of tweaked them. And now they're back to not really hurting them. And two, um, they could have hurt server hoppers here. And here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. You make the cost of supplies a percentage of the gold the player has, right? So say if you want a storage crate, it's 10% of your gold, right? 10% of your gold. That's, that sounds like a lot, right? But for a new player, right? Let's say, let's say a new player comes in, right? A new player comes in and, and they have worked their asses off to get 1000 gold. If they want to log into a server and play today and they want a storage crate, it's a hundred gold, right? Um, I can't remember what the cannonball crates is, but make it 10%, right? If, if, if you're a veteran player, let's say you're, you're, uh, let's say you're, and sorry, if you actually listen, I doubt you do, but if I'm a huge fan, if you actually listen, hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'm a huge fan. Let's say you're Kabobbles and you have 77 million gold to your name right now. And you wanted to buy supplies as you're server hopping. Those supplies are going to cost you a shit ton. They're going to cost you almost 8 million gold for those supplies. It's a gold dump and it's going to then hurt server hoppers because server hoppers. Yeah. They have set. Let's, let's say for example, kebabbles, love your face, dude. Love your face. Love the beans, all the beans, bobbity bobbity. I got, I got all those in there again. He doesn't listen to this podcast, but that's how it goes. But he last, when he was playing last night, I saw he had 77 million gold. That's 7.7 million gold that he would have to pay to buy a box of cannonballs. Well, yeah, that sounds cheap for right now. But 7.7 million gold, that adds up after a while, right? And that gold slowly trickles away. And again, these guys are going to do it, and it's always going to cost 10%. It's a flat rate, regardless of how much gold you have. But eventually, that gold is going to be used up, and they start having to think, well, do I, uh, should I? I I'm going to have to really do some stuff to get that gold back. I really think they should have made it a percentage of your actual um, gold that you have. And they should have done that on, on the storage crates, the cannonballs, the wood, and and the fruit. They should have, you get full crates, great supplies, awesome. They should have made it a percent. And that way it's fair across the board for new players and old players. And it continues to do what they keep saying they want to do. And that's stop server hopping um, because of the damage it does to their servers. 
Um, but I think they missed the boat there. I think they could have made it a more fair system um, to help newer players and, and you know, really create that gold dump that Dark Adventurer did, um, but continue the gold dump for, for months and years to come. Always that gold dump in there. If you don't want to go out and farm your supplies, well, guess what? You can buy them, but it's going to be a hefty price. Um, so I think they kind of missed the boat there, and I, I think it's something that they could have done. Um, but, but, you know, they, they've already put it out there. It's already there now. Um, but overall, I think for new players, it was a great thing for them. Um, I just think it, they, they didn't do enough. And, and that's usually, that seems to be the theme of Sea of Thieves development is reuse old stuff, slap it together with, uh, with super glue and duct tape and hope it holds and half-baked solutions. That seems to be the thing, but it is the game we love and it's the game that we continue to play. And I sure haven't stopped anytime soon. I actually did the math. So they added, um, if, if you're not aware, they added into the Xbox um, uh, version, you can see now how many hours you've played. Um, so today I did the, the, the data uh, thing. So my Xbox time is like 66 some odd days, right? My Steam time is now over 30 days um, with a couple hours. I added them together. And I am, I have just crested today with the, the small hours and, and minutes aside, I have now passed over 100 hours of playing Sea of Thieves now, or sorry, 100 days of playing Sea of Thieves, not hundred hours, a hundred days of playing Sea of Thieves. Um, that's actual login time, right? Um, so if we take a hundred and we multiply it by 24, yes, it's simple math, but I never do simple math on any of my content. That's 2,400 hours that I have now played on Sea of Thieves. I, I love the game. I may dog it. I may dog the developers, but obviously you can see that I'm, um, I'm still playing. I want to encourage everyone again to check out the free cosmetics that you can get with your Amazon Prime through Twitch Gaming. Um, I also want to encourage everyone to please, if you like this podcast, please leave me a review and let me know why you like it. Or if there's things you think I can do better, please type in the review what you think I could do better. Don't just drop the stars. Um, I, I want to know what you like about it, what I could do better. Leave it in the YouTube comments as well if you're watching this on YouTube. Also, please check out the Patreon if you would like to support this uh, podcast. Obviously, you listening, you watching, that's all the support that I could ever dream for. But if you would like to support a little bit more and do it financially, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Davram TV. And soon, if you are listening on Apple podcast, there will be an option for you to subscribe to the podcast financially. It'll obviously still be free for everyone. Um, I'm not going to ever stop doing this uh, podcast unless, you know, see if thieves gets to a point where I'm not playing it anymore. I'm no longer interested in it anymore. That would be the only time that I stop this podcast. Or if rare comes down and says, you can't do this podcast anymore. Cause you're mean, you know, then I'd have to stop. But until then, I'm going to keep doing this podcast because I enjoy it. And clearly looking at the, the number of downloads, you guys enjoy it too. Um, but Apple is now opening an up op an option for a subscription option for those of you who want to financially support through the Apple platform. So I will set something up there for those of you again, who want to go above and beyond and support the content that I do. 
And if you haven't checked out Sea of Thieves Insider, I strongly suggest you check it out. You can go check it out, seaofthieves.com slash insider. It is their public test uh, uh, build. You can link your account. Make sure you go through and read. You're going to have to sign a non-disclosure agreement that you will not talk about what is on Insiders. Um, but there is 111 weeks worth of in-game rewards that you can go on there and do by just testing one hour a week. And again, 111 weeks of rewards there for the taking, including clothing, animals, gold, doubloons, weapons, ship, and it's all there. So if there's some, some things you want to test out in Sea of Thieves, go check out Insider. That's what it's meant for. It's supposed to test the game before it comes out. Go check it out. Let them know about the bugs and exploits and things before it comes to the game, even though you still probably won't change anything about it. But get yourself some cool loot while you're doing it. But guys, thank you very much for listening. As always, I very much appreciate it. My name is Davram. You have been the audience. And this has been episode 30 of Pirate Talk Radio.